Be'ezus Hashem Yisbarech. We continue in Simi Yer Aleph. Yigeres HaKodesh. The Holy Letters of the Balatanya, Letter 11. Which is known as Laskil Chabina. To enlighten with understanding. And we're going through a fascinating journey onto the meaning of enlightenment. Which we, as we explained, is essentially the meaning of a person's life. Which is to become enlightened. And we have spent quite some time going into this first sentence that the Balatanya says in the letter. Which is a sentence that he is going to spend significant amount of time trying to explain and to incorporate how a person could do this in his life. And the reason we explain this for such a long time is because the depth, the depth and the clarity of what, of this sentence, what he's trying to say is enormous. It's in fact, it's beyond description. And a person says, I learned the shir and I want to understand what means enlightenment. And we have explained that to fully grasp what enlightenment is, you cannot do by thinking. You can have something You can have enlightenment only, you could only know enlightenment by knowing the opposite of enlightenment. If you know the opposite of enlightenment and you eliminate that, then the opposite is enlightenment. When you walk into a room and the room is dark and you turn on the light, you automatically see that the room is filled with light. You cannot hold the light. You cannot describe the light. You cannot touch the light. You cannot begin to describe what changed now that the light is on in the room. You can give descriptions, but those descriptions will be incomparable to the experience that you have. When you walk into a room and the light goes on, you are able to see. There's no definition in the world that can give you what does it mean to be able to see. To be able to see with clarity. Which is a form of enlightenment. But you cannot explain that to a person. You cannot explain that with perception. You cannot explain that with your ears. Enlightenment is a state that you have to be in. If there's a deaf, per, a deaf person in the room, if there's a blind person in the room, they cannot understand what does enlightenment mean. A deaf and a blind person is somebody who's asleep. His senses are asleep, they are dull. 
A person who walks into a room and they're blind, whether you turn on the light or the light is off, they are unaware of the difference. Even if they're able to hear, if you start to explain to them, it would take you 70 years to begin to scratch the surface of explaining to a person who's blind, what is the difference between if the light is off and the light is on. And therefore the Balatanya is going very deep into something. He's very, going very deep into the essence of enlightenment. And he's explaining over here the person that the way, the way to enlightenment. He's explaining a person the way to the enlightenment. And a person expects to open up the simon and hear the way to enlightenment is so on and so forth. And everyone's waiting for it. We are going to hear a journey deep into enlightenment. And every day we can sort of say, you hear a new thing that's enlightenment. And I have people that tell me that their life changed since they're learning this simon, but they still have no idea what means enlightenment. And the reason they have no idea what means enlightenment is because enlightenment is not something you could hold on to. Enlightenment is not another mental concept. It's not something that a person is going to be able to go and say, I have now enlightenment. I'm holding on to enlightenment. I learned this idea and I got enlightenment. Because that's like explaining to a person the difference between turning on the light or being in a dark room. The explanation of being in a dark room and then watching the light go on is incomparable to the experience that you experience when you walk into a room and you turn on the light. You understand this point? The explanation of what happens when you turn on the light in a room and before it was dark and now became light, the explanation of that experience is incomparable, even if you talk for 70 years, is incomparable to the experience of turning on the light. And that's why there are no words in the world that can begin to explain to you what means enlightenment. But as long as you are deeply trapped in your desires, as long as you are deeply trapped in your ego, in your animal, in your selfishness, you will be deaf, you will be blind to what means enlightenment. Enlightenment is not something you could hold on to with your mind because your mind is a trap. Enlightenment is not something you could hold on to with your heart because your heart is a trap. Because the idea of holding on to something is the ultimate trap. Because presence, Yishkoin, Yishkoin Oil Hashem, the presence of the light of God, which means that the light of God being present in my body, in my Daladamas, in my life, is a perpetual experience. It's not experience that you could hold on to. 
Because if you're holding on to it in one moment in time, you've essentially made an image out of it. You have made an ego out of the experience. You do a kind thing for another person, and you wait for the credit. We all do this. But the recognition of enlightenment, the recognition of the credit that you're waiting for, as opposed to the deed that you did, are incomparable. The credit is one moment in time. It's part of the story, of the ego. It's something that happens in the past, or something that happens in the future. But the credit is not something that could ever happen in the present. In the present is life. In the present is light. In the present is vitality. In the present, your heart is be pumping. In the present, you have the, a vital, a, there's a vitality and a freshness, a youthfulness, a newness that happens in the present. And the animal that we talked about in the last few shiurim, the animal drive that we have in us, wants to make a story out of it, wants to make an ego out of it, wants to hold on to it, wants to create a fulfillment out of it. The ego is also waiting to say, what can I do in enlightenment? How can I hold on to it? How can I make it more into myself? How can I, I'm more enlightened now. I'm smarter than the next person. The ego is constantly measuring, constantly labeling, constantly deciphering. So in order for a person to be fully alive, in order for a person to be fully enlightened, in order for a person to be fully in touch with the core of who he is, he has to drop all of his attachments to everything physical. A person goes through life and he grows up for many years developing his animal, developing his sense of self. Food, the food tastes good. My relationships, compliments, credit, criticism, the growing of the ego and the deflating of the ego. And then one day we say, he gets married. And the moment the person gets married, what happens is, it's the pledge and the attachment to another person, to another soul, to know that you and this soul, other soul is one person. And you discover that really, you're always alone in this world. And when I got married, I got the ability to discover another person. And in order to discover a per another person, I have to suspend myself. I have to put myself, my ego, my animal away. And when I put my animal away, I will discover my neshama. My neshama is infinite. It's godlike. It's godly. I cannot describe it. 
Is anyone waiting that we should describe what the neshama looks like? What the oy Hashem looks like? What consciousness looks like? Well, that's part of ego. If you're waiting for the description in your mind to show up, if you're waiting at some point in this year that Yishkenoid Hashem, the presence of the light of God is going to be in my mind and I'm going to be able to explain it to somebody else, then you missed the point. Because you will never be able to explain to somebody what does the soul look like. If you're describing the soul, then that's not the soul. The soul is something infinitely more divine, infinitely more graspable than you think you could, than, than you could hold. And it's the understanding of that that will allow you to transcend your ego. Because your ego is your sense of self and your neshama is your, is your part of you that allows you to go beyond yourself. So a person gets married And then right in their Sheva Brachas, or a week after their Sheva Brachas, their spouse humiliates them, criticizes them, knocks them. And at that moment in time, their ego gets diminished. And when the ego gets diminished, what happens? Does a person allow that to be? without judgment, without anything, and then a second later, end it. Do you know what that means to end it? Do you understand why it's so important to understand what it means to end it? Because what the Balatanya is going to explain in the next few lines is the beginning of enlightenment. Beginning of not just being enlightened for one moment in time, but to incorporate enlightenment into my life constantly. Enlightenment is the idea that my soul should be present in my body. And in order for my soul to be present in my body, I need to put away my animal. I need to put away myself. And in order to put away myself, I need to end anything negative that happens instantly. And I have to come to this moment as it's a brand new moment. But the paradox of life is that every single thing is old. Everything is a continuation. The paradox of life is that I want to take my whole story one moment in time and I want to make a story out of it, an ego out of it. I want to get credit. Or if you humiliated me, you knocked me, you told me something negative, I want to hold on to that now. Do you remember that time you, you humiliated me? I still have not forgiven you for what you've done to me. Do you remember that time? What were you thinking? And that's ego. But what happens if you change the question and you say, what were you thinking at that moment? I could only imagine what you've been through because I suspend myself and I go deeply into you and I see yourself, your ego. And I feel bad that you're suffering or you're trapped in your ego. And I go deeper and I see your soul. And I say incomparable to your soul, to who the person I married, that's insignificant what just happened. And therefore I end it entirely. I end it. I never think about it again. My spouse hit me. My spouse humiliated me. My spouse did some ca catastrophic thing to me in my mind. Now will I hold that every moment of my life? Or in the face of the presence of my soul, the face of the presence of life, isn't that obliterated? Isn't... 
isn't in the face of Yishkenoi Hashem, isn't in the face of my soul coming deeply into my body, isn't it true that anything negative is, is nothing, it's insignificant. It's like one moment in my life compared to my whole life. Can you describe darkness to a person when you turn on the light? Darkness instantly disappears when you turn on the light. When you're alive, when you realize that the person in front of you is the person you would give your life for. When you realize that the person in front of you is your other half, is your whole entire life. Can one thing that they said, something that you hold on to, or do you have to end it entirely and never think about it again? Because thinking about it and holding on to it and bringing it up is the root of ego, the root of myself. But the whole reason I married you was to transcend myself, to become divine, to tap into my soul, to be able to be present, to be able to be fully alive. And to be able to be fully alive means to look at the other person and hold them in love, what I could give them, what I could give them at this moment. They humiliated me, they knocked me. And I end that. And then I become a completely aware, I'm here for them entirely. What can I do for you? And that's God-like. That's Yishkan Hashem. Could that be described? It's a suspension of self. It's a, in order to allow you to know the other person. So that negative thing that you heard diminished your ego and it popped your ego and it allowed you to become divine. It allowed Yishkan Hashem. It allowed you to be there, to shine, to give compassion to the person you married. And it's the greatest experience in the world. But there's no description in the world that can describe it. Because the diminishment of ego at that moment, the pain that a person experiences at that moment, is the allowance for you to, dis- to discover yourself, your true self, by suspending yourself, by giving up the ego, by giving up what just happened, by dropping it, ending it instantly, and being there completely for the other person. And it's precisely this it's precisely this idea that anything negative in your life, any pain that you went through in your life, which is the essence of this peric, can you end it instantly? Or does your mind need to give life to it for the rest of your life? Because the moment that you have pain is the portal to enlightenment. Somebody humiliates you, somebody knocks you, somebody, any pain that you have in your life, that is, you are a step away from enlightenment. Because that's about to, to destroy the structures that you have. Your egoic structures will allow your soul to come out. If you only just allow it. Either you, have a, either you have the possibility to go deeper into unconsciousness, deeper into sleep, deeper into reactivity, screaming, holding on to, or you have the ability to really transcend yourself. Because Yishkun Hashem is a, is, is a place... Where there's the diminishment of ego, diminishment of my animal, diminishment of myself, in order to discover my my the part of me that's godlike, the part of me that's divine, and ultimately speaking, that is the purpose of a person's life to transcend his animal. And when if he has that for one moment of time, that's magical, and that's a life that he wants to have his whole entire life. <laughs>